Public affairs officers are responsible for the public image of companies and organizations. Michel Michler is head of Swiss Public Affairs at the World Economic Forum in Geneva, and she's an old friend of mine. Thank you, Michel, for doing an interview. And I'd like to start from the very beginning. What did you study? I studied uh, political science. Uh, my first degree was in political science, and I did that in Montreal at the Concordia University. And then I uh, left Montreal and I went to New York City uh, after that. And I, and I went uh, to do the whole modeling and acting thing. Um, so I was, you know, and just kind of to experience New York because it always been a dream of mine to, to move to New York. Growing up in Switzerland, it's kind of, you know, one of those, this is such a big city and it's just like everybody, you know, it's, it seems so cool. And so it was a dream come true for me to kind of move there and, uh, and I... Uh, I went and I slept on a friend's couch. I had 200 bucks in my pocket and, uh, and that was it. And, uh, and I managed to kind of get some jobs and things like that. I was bartending, I was modeling, I was doing some acting stuff. I was able to get an agent. And then through the modeling, I met, obviously I, I did work for magazines and things like that as well. And so I met editors um, of these magazines and I started writing uh, for fashion magazines. And, um, I had always been interested in journalism, but never really thought, oh, that's, you know, what I want to do. But, um, after, you know, working, uh, and, and writing for, for magazines and some local newspapers, um, for a few years and, and just, you know, kind of being in New York and, and, and living that life. Uh, and I also worked on some, um, documentary productions, because I was kind of flying by the seat of my pants. I felt it was important to get an education in journalism. So I went back to Montreal and, uh, and I uh, applied to Concordia's uh, graduate program. And it's also a very tough one to get into. They only accept like 22 people at the time uh, every year. So yeah, luckily uh, uh, I was chosen to be one of those 22. And, and I did my graduate degree uh, in journalism. After that, I uh, worked as a researcher and producer at the CBC, and then uh, with my partner moved to Halifax. So we moved to Halifax, and um, I had sent my tape to Global Television at the time. This was, you know, back in the early 2000s. You still had your tapes, and you sent those, and and so uh, they emailed me back. They're like, "Oh, thanks, but no thanks. Uh, where can we send the tape?" And I was like, oh, don't worry about it. I'll come pick it up. I'm here. So, you know, I'll just, I'll swing by and I'll just pick it up. And they're like, fine. So I went by. My partner was waiting outside in the car. I go in and I was like, hi, I'm Michelle Mischler. I'm here to pick up my tape. And the news director just happened to be at the reception. And uh, he's like, oh, he goes, you're Michelle Mischler. I was like, yes, I am. And he's like, oh, do you have a minute? I said, sure. And uh, went into his office and we chatted for, you know, a good 20 minutes. And then he's like, oh, let me, let me go get the executive producer. So he went, got the executive producer and chatted with him for another like 15, 20 minutes. And they're like, okay, can you start next week? <laughs> no way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So basically they put me on, um, on air when I had no business being on air on television. Uh, I had never done it. Um, I had just, you know, worked behind the scenes and everything. But yeah, so then, so then I worked at uh, Global Television as a television reporter for three years. And then uh, my, my partner and I decided we wanted to leave North America. And we were looking at London, particularly for his career. He was a, a lawyer. And then as we were kind of looking for jobs in Europe, this one popped up for World Radio Switzerland, which was uh, 
uh, it used to be World Radio Geneva. I'm sure many people who live in Geneva still remember that. And uh, it became World Radio Switzerland when the Swiss Broadcasting Corporation took it over and was the English radio station. Just looking at the description, I mean, it, it was me. Uh, yeah. You know, I spoke all the languages and I, I was Swiss, and, and but I had mother tongue. I sounded like I was mother tongue English. And uh, so, yeah, so I applied, got it, and we came. And then I worked there for three years uh, as a radio journalist and host, um, co-hosted the morning show. And then um, when I had my second daughter, I then decided that I'd been in the journalism field for almost 18 years. Um, I thought it's time for a change. And also the shift work, they wanted me to do different shifts and everything. So I was like, eh, doesn't really fit with two children. And, and it was just going to make life a little bit more difficult for me. So I decided to to leave journalism and, and look for other challenges. Okay. And uh, in that time, uh, did you know what you wanted to do next or just, you know, perusing and see what the universe would throw at you? Yeah, I guess a little bit of that. And um, I had, you know, I had different opportunities. I had met different people through working at World Radio Switzerland. Uh, and also my older daughter was at uh, uh, an international school And um, I was actually supposed to uh, design their communications program for them. And then I was also uh, supposed to start a um, teaching broadcast journalism at Webster University. Because uh, I was on chômage at the time, because both of those jobs did not equal 80, uh, 100%, I still had to apply. <laughs> and then I saw this, um, and, and I mean, and I just, I, I didn't really have a specific idea of what I wanted to do. I knew I wanted to still stay in communications, maybe do media training, you know, uh, that sort of thing. But I, I, I wasn't 100% sure, but I've, you know, I've always kind of just gone with flow and figured, you know, the right thing will kind of present itself. And then with those two, you know, teaching kind of opportunities, I was like, yeah, that, that could be interesting. And it would be good for the family too, because it's quite flexible. Uh, and then, yeah, and then the World Economic Forum job came up and I, so I just, you know, because I had to apply to stuff for, for, uh, for a So I applied to it and, uh, they, um, called me in for an interview and I had a three hour interview. And then, uh, basically the next day they offered me the job. Wow. That was fast. Yeah, it was very fast. And uh, I was honestly not expecting it, um, because, and I wasn't even sure that I wanted it just because, you know, it was two different things. Like the teaching things, opportunities were much more compatible with family life and the World Economic Forum was more of a career move. So I kind of had to decide, what do I want to do? Do I want to, you know, kind of do something that's more kind of gives me more family time or do I want to do something, you know, that, and, and, and it just seemed so interesting, the whole World Economic Forum situation that um, I finally decided to go in that direction. And I was 40 at the time too. And I was like, well, I'm not, I'm not ready yet, uh, just yet to kind of go out to pasture. I still have a career that I want to, that I want to, you know, explore. And thank God, thank God I did. I mean, right now I've been there for 10 years, over 10 years. And I'm like, my God, if I can't believe I considered not taking this opportunity. <laughs> <laughs> and and the, the title was exactly that? It was immediately like Swiss Public Affairs? or um, no, you... no, no, no. They were looking for uh, a Swiss media manager. Ah, okay. So they, <laughs> yeah. 
they were looking for somebody to handle uh, the, the Swiss media relations. And they wanted somebody who spoke the language, the Swiss German. Because in Switzerland, if, if you speak Swiss German to deal with media or public affairs, that sort of thing, it's, it's extremely important to speak mm. the, the Swiss German. The Swiss Not German. just German, but Swiss German, yeah. Swiss yeah. German, yeah. It, it's, we, it's a weird thing. The Swiss Germans just really like they like to appreciate it. Yeah, yeah. You're, you're one of them, you know. At the time, I reported to, to three people and, and one of my bosses also, he had had this dream of starting a podcast, actually, at the forum. Uh-huh. And uh, so he had me uh, also, he wanted me to start this podcast. And I remember at the time thinking, well, you know, so I was 50, I was 50, 50, 50% media management. And then the other 50%, you know, putting together this podcast. And to me, I was just kind of like, oh, you know, I, I left journalism because I didn't want to be a journalist anymore. And, and in order to do both of these jobs, right, you kind of need somebody 100%. And after kind of six months of doing both things and also of just kind of learning how the organization functions and operates, um, you know, getting to know um, my, my bosses and everything, um, then I also... I really connected uh, very well with with one of them who was the managing director in charge of Switzerland. So he was kind of the one that I was reporting to for the Swiss the Swiss media bit. And he was handling sort of the government affairs stuff, but he was also, it was just a small part of his job. And so I kind of saw a gap a little bit in terms of how the forum was dealing with the Swiss con- uh, constituency. And I thought we were, you know, not taking advantage and not putting enough energy into the Swiss relationship. So I put together a proposal. Um, I handed it to uh, the managing director who handled Switzerland. And I said, I think, you know, this is what we should be doing. I want to help you with this. And I want to only report to you. So I basically handle everything that's Swiss related. So the government affairs, the public affairs, the, the Swiss media. And uh, he thought that was a really good idea. And uh, we made that happen. And so then I only reported to him and I was handling the Swiss government affairs, the local affairs with, you know, the, the city, the cantons and, uh, and the federal government. In uh, what consists the, the relationship and handling the, um, yeah, the Swiss media, et cetera, as a public affairs um, um, head? After a while, I actually I, I gave up the Swiss media uh, because I was really mainly focusing on the uh, the Swiss government affairs. And during that time as well, I think I should mention is that as I was also still handling the Swiss media, I was put on this this little task force uh, which was called uh, Greener Doubles, and um, you know they were trying to you know make the annual meeting uh, more sustainable. So after a few years being on there, I I also, again, saw some gaps in terms of how we were doing things. I mean, what we were doing, you know, uh, was excellent in all our initiatives and our projects, et cetera. But because the forum had grown so, so much in such a short period of time, and the focus was always kind of on the output, uh, what we were doing, not so much how we were doing things. So I really, uh, from a reputational angle, I really felt that we had some some improvements to do. So I started taking care and, and launching uh, the whole sustain, like the, the sustainability strategy uh, for the forum, uh, operational sustainability strategy in terms of, you know, the annual meeting, what do we, what kind of foods do we serve? What do we do with our garbage? What kind of materials do we use to set everything up? 
So I was doing that and, and, and everything that I was kind of doing was kind of a sort of a corporate, you know, a corporate social responsibility role. And that's sort of what I was doing, you know, in terms of the government affairs is, you know, working very closely with the Swiss to make sure that they're engaged in our various projects and, and initiatives, that they uh, are happy with how we're doing things, you know, and then I ended up also getting the open forum, which is the public facing event when uh, the managing director uh, who was handling it retired, it, it came to me. So, so really kind of ensuring that the forum as a Swiss corporate citizen was, was, you know, taking everything into account, all its stakeholders. So that's kind of what that is, is to make sure that the Swiss government is happy with us, that, you know, the, the locals are happy with us and offering, you know, the open forum to them, uh, kind of going around and informing people of exactly what it is that we do, because the forum does have a bit of a, a perception challenge in Switzerland, and not only in Switzerland, but, you know, people don't really know exactly what we do. And um, so, and in Switzerland, they're quite critical of, of the forum. So it's kind of our job and my team's job to inform the public and the various parliamentarians, et cetera, of, of the various things that we're doing, try and get them involved too, because there's so much knowledge and know-how in Switzerland that, and, you know, that is so important also for our various projects and, and things that we can learn from the Swiss. So we try and uh, engage with them on, on various levels and get their, their expertise in our various projects as well. Okay. Because also the World Economic Forum, it's not just the annual meeting in Davos. There's, there's so much more. Yes. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. And I think that's, you know, everyone just thinks of us as Davos. There's, there's people, Swiss people that think our offices are in Davos and they don't realize that we're actually, our headquarters are in Geneva. And yeah, they think that's all it is. And that it's only like the elites and rich people that come to Davos. And so we always have to kind of explain and say, no, no, you know, yes, of course, the, you know, CEOs and, and presidents and prime ministers, et cetera, are there. But then we have all our other communities that are there as well. And that's the whole point of what the World Economic Forum does, right, is multi-stakeholder engagement. And that's to, to bring everybody together. So the NGOs, you know, we have a fantastic community of social entrepreneurs that has impacted millions and millions of people uh, over, over the years on the ground. We've got our Global Shapers, which is our community of you know, uh, under 30-year-olds who are incredible and doing amazing things locally in their various cities. And, and we bring all those people to Davos as well, right? So that, you know, the people with the ideas and, and the passion can meet the people with the money who can then help them and support them to, to, to make these, you know, social projects and these various things happen. So it's, it's kind of, yeah, bringing money and, and brains and ideas together to, to try and, you know, have, create solutions to our problems. No, that's, that's fantastic. Yeah, it's a big, uh, a big family. Um, and when I look uh, at your uh, career as a journalist now, do you see any elements in, in that profession that you did that, that was helpful and useful for your present uh, profession? Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, uh, as, a, as a journalist, you're very, um, very action-oriented. You know, you really have to, to make things happen and get things done. And the World Economic Forum as a organization, which is also so exciting to be working there, you can be entrepreneurial when you're working there. If you have a good idea, you know, and you have the right boss and, and, and you're on the right team, you can also 
kind of be creative and and make things happen and and influence like with the the whole sustainability thing i i if I didn't have a boss that, you know, was supportive and, and thought that was a good idea um, and, and had my back, I, I probably wouldn't have gone as far as I did because it took a lot of influencing. And especially as a TV journalist, I really learned how to positively influence people, particularly in, a, in Canada. It's really funny. It's very different than the United States. Like to try and get somebody on camera to talk is so difficult. It's like you're asking them to give up their firstborn. Whereas in the US, you know, we're like, oh, here, over here, like, talk to me. (laughs) I want to be on camera. (laughs) But in Canada, it was, it was, you know, I'd have to spend so much energy and, and, you know, talking to people to try and get them to talk to me on camera. Um, So I really kind of, I think I really developed like these influencing skills, which uh, have then also been quite helpful um, in, in my current role. And then just also, you know, like informing people and, and, and just creating good relationships. And that for sure, I think was one of the, one of the key skills that I learned as a journalist. And you're a people's person. So it's, yeah, I think it's also, it comes quite natural uh, for you <laughs> as well. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm a bit of, I'm actually an introvert, but, um, I am, I know I was just like, what? No, you're not. But no, actually I am. I love nothing more than just being in my room alone. And, but it is, you know, it's, um, I'm interested, you know, I'm interested in people and, and I like to ask questions and, and I think people do love to share and, and, and talk about themselves and, you know, and so, yeah, I think to build relationships, the, the journalism really, really did help. And your your years in New York, do you think that they were helpful for, you know, building up your, you know, who you are, you want, who you want to be? Oh, yes. Oh, yes. Yes. Because, you know, sometimes, you know, if you tell your parents, you know, you're 20, you say, okay, I'm going to go to New York or, you know, another, another city where I want to become an actress or a model or I want to see, just see what happens. I, I'm sure that some parents will not be too happy. What would you tell a parent now that you're a parent? You know, what would you tell a parent mm-hmm. <laughs> whose child yeah. wants to go to New York? <laughs> well, I mean, uh, my older daughter also decided to decided to kind of give up her university career to try and follow her dream of being a singer and, and a songwriter and producer. I wasn't happy about her leaving school uh, to pursue this, but you know, I'm like, look, you're young, you have to do it now. So, you know, if, if this is what you want to do, then you've got to give it a hundred percent and, you know, dig in and, and get it done because, you know, this type of thing. And, and also I said, look, and, and now while you were in university, we were supporting you financially, but now, now you have to support yourself and, you know, full <laughs> of life. But I think that's really, really important. And, and for me, spending my twenties in New York, having some really weird living situations and, and, and struggling to find work or struggling to find an apartment and then, you know, working in bars and, and doing all kinds of crazy things. And it absolutely made me who I am today. And I would not give it up or I have zero regrets, zero, zero, zero regrets. You learn so much. I mean, you learn so, so much about yourself, about the world. Um, it's invaluable. So, I mean, I think 
traveling, I think, um, you know, living in different countries and, and doing, you know, crappy jobs. And it's, it's so important. It's so important. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's, it's very good. And also exploring the world and getting to know other cultures. I think it's, it's so important and not, not everybody has the, um, you know, the privilege uh, or the luck or the will to do it. And, um, uh, but, but definitely it's, it's very enriching, you know, the good and the bad parts, of course, and uh, makes us stronger. I mean, and the, I think almost the bad parts are almost better for you because, you know, like I said, you learn resilience, you learn grit. And then down the road, I mean, I always tell my, you know, my kids and, you know, my older daughter's like, oh, you're so, you're so strong. And, and I'm like, yeah, but, you know, you don't get strong from an easy life. You get strong when there's been, you know, adversity. That's how you get strong. If someone could have told you back then, uh, you know, uh, do this or do that, is it something that you would have liked to know uh, maybe 20 years ago uh, that you know now and it would have made your life easier? It's hard to say because like I would say, oh, you know, like you should have just done everything, like all your schooling right away, you know, and it would have made things easier, but maybe not, you know, I mean, I think those, those years away from school and, and trying stuff out did build who I was, would have things maybe been easier if I had just, you know, done my, like right after done my master's and just stuck everything like really quickly and young and then, and then gone out into the world maybe, but then would I have had a midlife crisis a little bit later? Maybe, I don't know, you know, so I think everything, you can't really have regrets. And I think everyone has to kind of find their own path and they'll get where they need to be, you know, and looking back, I think I've managed to catch up to where I maybe would have been if I had just, you know, stuck it out and just done my BA, then done my master's and, and done things kind of in a linear fashion. But my career and my life has been anything but linear. And, and I think that's a great thing. And I think that's extremely enriching. And, and so that's why with, you know, my kids, I, you know, so I, I want to say, okay, you know, learn from my mistakes to make things, you know, don't make the same mistakes I did, but then, I learned from my mistakes, right? So, yeah. yeah. So they'll 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 have their mistakes, and then they'll exactly. learn from their mistakes, and then, exactly, yeah, and they'll be fine. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, that's awesome. Well, thank you, and it was it was very nice for you to share your life with me and <laughs> with pleasure. the listeners. <laughs> and um, yeah, so I wish you all the best, and I hope to finally see you again. Uh, I know. I think I think soon we'll have to we'll have to have a coffee for sure. Yes, sounds great. This is a good message I take from Michelle. You don't get strong living an easy life. It's in adversity that you grow. And the path may not be set right away, as Michelle experienced herself. Try stuff out, learn from your mistakes, stay true through your path, or change regularly. It's all good as long as it works for you. You have listened to Job Tales. Thank you so much. <laughs>